have a powerful man of God tonight, uh, Brother Jermaine Irvin from, from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Why don't you make him welcome tonight? He is an awesome man of God, a powerful man of God. And I know that he's been praying and studying and fasting for this. He's got a word from the Lord for us. Come on, let's make him welcome one more time as he comes to preach the word of the Lord to us. Somebody lift up your voice in the sanctuary. Somebody lift up your voice in the sanctuary. Did anybody come to give God praise on a Friday night? You ought to lift up a shout of praise. Somebody clap your hands right now. Somebody shouting to God with the voice of triumph. Did anybody come to give God praise? Hey! Psalmist said it this way. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. On a Friday night, there's many places you can be. But you've chose to come to the house of the Lord. And I'm glad you're here, but God is glad you're here. Somebody clap your hands one more time all over this house. Praise God. If you'll turn in your Bibles, Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3. And while you're turning in, let me say what an honor it is to be here tonight. We don't take it lightly. We appreciate the invitation. We appreciate the confidence. Anybody thankful for your, your bishop, your pastor, your youth pastor? Anybody thankful for your leadership? Amen. You don't just get this, this building, this atmosphere, the people that come. This doesn't just happen. It happens by good leadership, good people that'll pray, that'll fast, that'll seek the face of God, and that'll, that'll dare to do something great for God. So you ought to be thankful for your leadership today. I'm so glad to be here. Glad my family is here, my wife, my three children. We count it an honor to be a part of this weekend, this, 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 this uh, youth weekend. Um, how many want to go to another level? How many truly want to go to another level? Amen. I know you don't know me, but we know the same God. We know the same God. I'm friends with the same God you're friends with. And I believe that God wants to move in this weekend. I believe God's going to do something great. I believe that God's going to change lives. I believe that people are going to leave here changed. I believe people are going to leave different than they walked in tonight. If you come with a determination in your spirit, if you came with expectation, you ought to clap your hands right now. You ought to lift up a shout of praise. You ought to let God know, God, I want to hear the word of God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I got a word from God, and I just so happened on a Friday night to feel like preaching. Let's get right into the word of God. Joel chapter 3, we'll begin reading verse 14. Actually, we're going to read one verse of scripture. As I talked to God about this weekend, he assured me that he wanted to do great things. and God knows who was going to be here. God knew that you were going to make a decision to be here on a Friday night. God knew before you knew 
that you were going to be coming here. God knew that this intersection was going to happen. I believe that you're here on purpose. I believe that you're here for a reason. And I believe that the word of God, it's going to speak to somebody tonight. God's going to change somebody. God's going to set somebody free. God's going to break the chains that have been on somebody for a long time. Joel chapter 3 and verse 14. The Bible says multitudes, multitudes, the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. There's a lot of prophecy wrapped up in this text. If you want to dig it out, there's a lot of, a lot of foretelling, a lot of prophecy that's going to happen. Suffice it to say, I believe that this thing is wrapping up. And I believe we've got some decisions to make. I want to preach to you just for a couple moments on this topic. Decisions and the moment of conviction decisions the moment of convictions if you'll put your bibles down right now i want somebody to help me pray really lift up your voice right now really really pray right now reach out to god somebody lift up your voice mighty god we love you we thank you for your grace your mercy your provision oh god god i ask that you would show up in this house continue to move oh god i pray you would stir hearts oh god i pray you would stir minds and souls oh god i pray that your spirit would move in a powerful way god i pray that lives would be changed oh god i pray that people would be set free by the power of the holy ghost and by the blood of the lamb i pray oh god that you would do it in a mighty way let the words of my mouth oh god the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight jesus you're my strength and my redeemer somebody clap your hands all over this house if you love the lord you ought to clap your hands as loud as you ever clapped them before you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Decisions in the moment of conviction. From Genesis or the beginning of time, man was given the ability to choose, the ability to chart one's course, the ability to make his own decisions. Adam and Eve were given the ability to choose and God gave us the gift of human will and choice. Free more agency if you would because love is not love without choice but love without choice is slavery. It is bondage. God wants a relationship with his creation but not a forced or mandatory relationship. You see, God is a gentleman and he won't force himself upon you, but God is looking for a man. God is looking for a woman that'll make a decision to live for him. I've come to tell somebody today that today is a good day to make a decision. It's a good day to stand up in the house of God and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a good day to step in with both feet. It's a good day to say, I'm going to make a decision by will and by choice to live for God. It doesn't matter what the economy looks like. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. 
It doesn't matter what the day looks like. You've got to make up in your mind. Like the scripture says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You see, it's a matter of will and choice. You wake up in the morning before your feet hit the ground. You understand that this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to make a decision to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to stand up in the day and I'm going to say, I know I got trouble in my life. I know I got situations in my life, but this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody ought to clap your hands right now. You got to get an attitude that says I will bless the Lord at all times. Some people like to put conditions on their praise. Some people like to put conditions that will say, if I feel good today, then I'll bless the Lord. If I got money in my pocket, then I'll bless the Lord. If everything is going my way, I'll bless the Lord. But I need somebody to get an attitude right now that says, in the bad times, I'll praise them. When everything is against me, I'll stand up and praise them. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise. It takes a mature apostolic to say something like that. When the odds are stacked against you and everything is pressing up against you and you reach in your pocket and you ain't got no money, y'all know what I'm talking about? And you just stand up and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. When I'm broke, I will praise him. When my family is sick, I will praise him. When I'm laying in a hospital bed, I will praise him. When you get that attitude in your mind, it happens by making a decision that says, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You got to have a made-up mind. You got to have a made-up mind. But oftentimes, people find themselves in the valley of decision. Joshua said it this way, choose you this day whom you will serve. And Elijah asked a penetrating question to the people of God. He said, how long will you halt between two opinions? The people of God were at a crossroad. They were vacillating between two opinions, a constant back and forth between Baal and God. And the prophet Elijah said, it's time for you to make up your mind. It's time for you to make a decision. I'm not going to allow you to stand in an in-between place. I'm not going to allow you to come to church on Sunday morning and live like the world on Monday. Am I preaching to anybody in this house? I'm not going to allow you to be able to vacillate between two opinions. But you got to have a made-up mind. You got to have a made-up mind. And you got to stand up and make a decision that I'm going to live for God. He was talking to people of God and the people of God had fallen away to Baal worship and they were they were watching what everybody in the world was doing and they had lost track of what God wanted them to do and so they didn't know which God they wanted to serve the Bible says that they answered him not a word why because they had not made up their mind 
They had not made their calling and election sure. I'm preaching to somebody today, and I'm going to let you know that on a Friday night, you got to make your calling and your election sure. It shouldn't be a question whether you want to serve God or you want to live like the world. Today is the day that I stand up and say, I'm going to be a child of God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God. You're going to find me in the house of God. And it comes to a point to where the people, Elijah, he puts the proverbial feet to the fire and he says, you're not going to stand in an in-between place anymore. God told me to come and ask you this question. How long are you going to halt between two opinions? It can't be lukewarm. You got to choose a side. You got to choose a side today. He said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? Today is the last day that you're going to have one foot over here and another foot over here. But today, on a Friday night, somebody's got to make a decision that says, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God. You're going to find me walking in the house of God. Every time the door is open, I'm going to be here. And when you get that attitude in your spirit, it doesn't matter who's pressing up against you. It doesn't matter who's telling you that you look like a fool coming to the house of God. It doesn't matter if my mama does it. It doesn't matter if my dad does it. It doesn't matter if my sister or my brother do it. It doesn't matter what my friends are doing. I'm going to stand here by myself and live for God. I need somebody to get an attitude and a determination in your spirit. Today is the day that I make a decision. Today is the day that I make up my mind. Because at some point, you got to make a decision. You got to make up your mind. And here's the reality. The reality is that the world likes options. Any young people in here that want to get married? Oh, it's okay to raise your hand. When you get, when, you, when you're young and you're living for God, it's okay. Y'all a little tense. When you're young and you're living for God, it's okay to be single. And when you're single, there are a lot of options, right? Your option might be in here tonight. Praise God. It's okay to be single and it's okay to have a lot of options if you're not committed. It's okay to not commit to marriage when you're not ready to be married. I'm about to preach. But there comes a point in time when a man's got to stand at an apostolic altar and he's got to make a decision and he's got to say, today is the day that I make a decision. And you stand at the altar and you know what you do? You make a vow. Let me tell you what a decision is. We're going to put that on the shelf. I'll come back to marriage so y'all loosen up a little bit. When you make a decision... You know what that does? Decision is a cutting away. I'm starting to cut off other possibilities. When I make a decision, I start to cut other things away. 
So when you stand at an apostolic altar and you're standing there and you're looking her in the eye, y'all know what I'm talking about? And you start saying stuff, right? In front of all of these witnesses. And you start saying stuff like, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, for richer or poor. And so it lays out all of the possibilities of marriage because it can be hard times and it can be good times. But you know what? When you make a vow, you got to stay in. You stand there and you make a decision. And when you make a decision, you cut off all the other possibilities. So I can't kick it at singles night no more because I, I cut off all other possibilities which means I'm no longer looking for anything else. Y'all following me? And so when you make a decision, you begin to cut away other options. In other words, you burn the ships. There's a man by the name of Cortez, Hernan Cortez, and Cortez was a conquistador. He wanted to be a conqueror. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Cortez wanted to conquer and he wanted to, he wanted to go and conquer this place called the Aztec and he wanted to go where, and he wanted to sail there and he, he set sail. He had 500 uh, men and he had, he had 100 men that were sailors. He had 600 men and he had about 14 or 15, give or take, uh, horses on his cargo and he had 11 ships and he was going to go to the place that had the richest treasure in the world. And this was a common thing. This was known. This was understood because other conquerors had, had gathered up armies and they took these armies and they said, we're going to go and conquer this treasure. We're going to go and conquer this land and we're going to build some of the mightiest uh, armies that we've ever seen. And we're going to go in and we're going to take the treasure, the gold, the silver, the artifacts, all the things, all of this stuff amassed a great amount of wealth and a great amount of money. And they went in and nobody for 600 years years succeeded. Cortez knew the facts. So what he did is he took a different approach. And he went to these guys as he started recruiting for this voyage. He went to these guys and he said, listen, let me tell you about the treasure. Let me tell you how great life is going to be after we get the treasure. Let me tell you what it's going to be like for your family. Let me tell you what it's going to be like generation after generation. And they set sail. He had them absolutely convinced. And it's a long way, the distance that they were going. And along the way, people started falling away from the commitment that they made. And he could start to hear murmuring and people saying, I don't know about this anymore. And when they got to the beach and they were, they were at the place that they were about to conquer, stay with me, we're going somewhere. When they were at the place that they were about to conquer, they were at the beach and he got the people off the beach and you would think that he's about to give them the war plan. You would think that he's about to give them the tactics of war and how we're gonna defeat this army that has the treasure that we want. But he pulls them in real close. And he starts to tell them about the treasure again. 
He starts saying, this treasure is so great. This treasure is so amazing. It's going to change your family tree. Your generations are going to be great. If we, can, if we can conquer this army, if we can seize this treasure, everything is going to be okay. And then he pulled him in really close. And he said three words that changed the rest of their lives. He says, you know what I want you to do? He said, I want you to burn the ships. They had 11 ships. He said, I want you to burn the ships. And they're looking at him like, this guy is crazy. What is he thinking? This is our only escape route. 600 people was not a lot to, con con to uh, conquer this treasure. These people were ready for people to come and try to take what they had. They had way more than 600 people. But he said, I want you to burn the ships. He said, if we're going to make it home, hear me today. He said, if we're going to make it home, we're going to make it home on their ships. In other words, I want you to burn the ships and cut off all other possibilities because to this war, you have to be dedicated and we got to cut off all other possibilities. We got to land the conquer. And something shifted in the mind of the people because at this point, it was do or die. Because when you look behind you and you don't have a plan B, I'm preaching to somebody in the Holy Ghost, you got to cut off every other possibility. You got to cut off possibilities that'll try to drag you out of the church. You got to cut off possibilities that'll... You got to cut off other possibilities that'll pull you away from the house of God. You got you to gotta cut off the plan B. When they looked behind them, they didn't have anywhere else to go. And you know what happened? They conquered that army. They got that treasure. You know why? Because man didn't have another possibility or another option. He had to fight. He had to war. He, it was either do or die. They were fighting at a different clip at this point because they didn't have another option. If I don't fight, I lose my life. I'm here to preach to somebody on a Friday night and let you know if you don't fight for your soul, you got to cut off every other possibility. You're going to lose your life. You're going to lose your soul. The devil's... the ship you gotta say I don't have another option I gotta live for God I know my family's a wreck and I know everybody around me is telling me that I can be this and I can be that but you gotta make up in your mind and you gotta make up a make a decision today and a declaration that says I'm burning the ships I'm burning every other option I'm burning every other possibility I've only got one way to go this is the way walk ye in it this is the way walk ye in And you stop getting to a point to where you can go left and you can go right. And the only thing that you can see is the house of God. The only thing that you can see when all the pressure of the world is coming up against you, that's not an escape route to leave the church. When all the pressure of the world is coming up against you, you got to get back to an apostolic altar. You got to get back to the house of God. You got to get back to consecration. You got to get back to a prayer life. You got to get back to fast. Preaching to somebody today, cut off all the possibilities. 
cut off all the other options that you got stored away. I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost right now, and I'm telling somebody, you've got other options in mind right now, but today is the day that you throw all of that stuff out and say, you're going to find me in the house of God. I'm going to live for God. This is the best life that you can live. There's no better life than this. This is as good as it gets. I don't even want to see myself outside of the house of God. I've seen my family. I know what I can become. But that evil is on the inside of each and every one of us. The only thing that's keeping you sane and the only thing that's keeping you right is the house of God. You've got to cut off the other possibilities. You've got to cut off the other options. You've got to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to live for God. We're going to come to the house of God. And so you make a vow, you make a declaration, and you make commitments to God that you can never turn back on. Because you got to start holding yourself accountable. It's easy to hold Brother Austin accountable because he's the youth pastor and he's supposed to be doing everything he's supposed to do but what about the days when I look myself in the mirror and I say I gotta hold myself accountable God I made a vow that I'll never leave the truth I made a vow that I'm gonna pray every day I made a vow that I'm gonna read my word every day I made a vow that I'm gonna fast I made a vow that I'm gonna draw closer to you and I gotta stick I've gotta stick to it i never forget when this got real for my family. My dad was an alcoholic. And I remember him coming in the home and being drunk. And I remember the times when it was like that and my dad was lost and he was out in the world and we were living in, in rough situations. And I, I will never forget when he came to an apostolic altar and he lifted up his hands and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And I remember how life started to change. My dad started walking in the house. We ain't going there anymore. We're not doing this anymore. You're not going to hang out with those people. And, man, chill. I'm good. Like, I, we can do this church thing on Sunday morning. We can do this church thing on Wednesday. But give me my Monday and my Thursday and my Tuesday and my Saturday. Let me kick it with my same friends. But the only reason that I'm standing here today is because somebody made a decision and he started cutting off all of my possibilities. And when I look to the left, I ain't had nothing I can do. I look to the right, I was trying to find something that I can do and something that I can link up to. He said, no, son, you're going to go to the house of God. And all I can see, all I can see was the house of God. And I'm like, man, we got to go. We got to go three times a week. But it was those moments, it was those moments 
that a man stood up and made a decision and he started cutting off every other possibility for me and now I'm standing here in front of you today because somebody down the line made a decision that we're going to live for God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Don't get mad at your mama. Don't get mad at your daddy if they're dragging you to the house of God. You don't understand it now, but just hang on for a little while. You're going to understand when daddy says we're going to the church, you got to get to the church house. Somebody clap your hands right now. And I thank God for my pastor. My pastor was living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And God woke him up and he told him, I want you to go and start a church somewhere. And he didn't even know where he was gonna go. And when Birmingham came on the map, he had never been to the city that we live in. And my pastor came and he started a church that me and my wife attend now and I grew up in. And I'm thankful for a pastor that'll come and carve out a work for God. And you know what he did? This is what I'm talking about right here. He went to the city of Birmingham. My pastor has options. He can be anywhere. He could have built what we have anywhere in the world. I really do believe that. He's phenomenal. People have been pulling at him and trying to get him to go somewhere else since he's been there. But what he did was he said, this is where God sent me. I'm gonna buy a burial plot. At 20 something years old, he bought a burial plot because he said, I'm cutting off every other possibility. You can have a bigger revival somewhere else if you just pick up and leave. No, sir, this is the field that God gave me and I'm cutting off every other possibility. There's a Jermaine Irvin that's out there in the world that I've got to save. There's a young person that I've got to reach for. There's a city that needs to be saved. I'm going to stick it in. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be here. I'm going to... pulling at him and pulling at him. He said, you know what? I'm going to cut off every other possibility and I'm going to burn every other ship. And when I die, you're going to bury me in the city that God called me to. That takes commitment. That takes some, that takes some moxie. That takes something that's on the inside of a man that'll make a decision and stay with the decision. It's like Hannah. Hannah prayed for a man child parent in her womb and she prayed earnestly to God God if you give me a man child God I just need a man child and then the Bible says that she vowed a vow she said if you give me a man child I'll give him to you all the days of his life here's the flip side of making a decision because making a decision is one thing but following through with the decision is another thing. Because when God says, I'm gonna give you the man child after she vowed the vow, she could have had the child and she could have tucked him away and kept him because now all of my sorrows are over and everything else has passed away and now I've got the thing that I wanted. I'm talking about when you get the blessing, when you get the job and you say, God, I'll serve you if you just give me this amount of money. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost right now, when God gives you the money, you got to do exactly what you told him you were going to do.
Because when you make a vow, you got to follow through with what you told God. God, I'm in a desperate situation, and I need you to show up right now. And when God shows up, God does what, he, what, he, what you wanted him to do, and then you're on the other side of it. And life is good, and you got money in the bank, and everything is going well. You still got to follow through with what you told God. So Hannah, after she, after she had this child, the Bible says that she brought him back to the house of God and she followed through on what she told God. What am I preaching to you today? I'm preaching to you that when you make a decision in a moment of conviction, you got to follow through with the decision that you made. You got to follow through with what you told God you were going to do. You got to follow through because God's going to hold you accountable. Praise God. Praise God. But not all decisions or moments are created equal. There are decisions that are made in the moment of conviction. The moment where God has you on the ropes and you try to wiggle out but God starts closing space and you know that he's talking to you. And in an apostolic service, you know that the preacher is preaching to you and God starts closing your space and it feels tight in the room because God is standing right there in front of you and God has you pegged. It's the moment where God has you on the ropes and you're convicted. It's the moment where you realize that you're guilty and you know without a shadow of a doubt that God has opened the windows of heaven and spoken directly to you and there's no way to escape what you feel in that service. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's no way to escape, to, to, to get away from what you feel in this moment. It's the moment where you may have to make a life-altering decision. A decision that will no doubt change the course of your life. A decision that will directly change your destiny and your true calling. One man said it this way. He said, choices are the hinges destiny it's the chirological moment in which there is a collision a moment where the fullness of time of man collides with the fullness of time of the almighty God the place where God comes crashing in to your perfect world the place where you know that God is speaking directly to you and you know you say, preacher, can you just preach something else tonight? Preacher, don't get to where I'm living. Preacher, you're reading my mail. It's the moment where you're convicted and you're guilty on all counts. And you know that God has you pegged. It's the chirological moment where God comes crashing in to your life without, he doesn't care. He just comes in and interrupts the program. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's in a service, it's in a service where the preacher 
gets in the vein of the Holy Ghost and he starts walking right where you're living and he starts walking right in your thoughts that you've been thinking and he starts walking in your life and you're trying to figure out how does this man of God know what I'm going through? How does he know where I'm at right now? And this is how God operates. It's called conviction. It's called the moment where you feel that you need to change something. It's called when you know you got to get to an altar. When you know you got to... It's Abraham and Isaac. God said, I'm going to give you a promised child. He's walking throughout his life, wondering when the time is going to come. And he's trying to figure out, God, you said you were going to give me a promised child. But I don't see him yet. It's the word from God. You're going to have a promised child. All the families and all the nations are going to be blessed through you, Abraham. And 25 years tick on. And Abraham or Sarah still barren in her womb. And she can't see how God's going to work it out. But finally they have the promised child, Isaac. And it's at that point where he says, Isaac, I want you to go and I want you to sacrifice your son. The Bible says that Abraham woke up early in the morning. Abraham had been through a lot. There wasn't much vacillating at this point. He had a made up mind that he served a God that was going to see him through. And he goes and he takes him up the mountain. And as they get to the top of the mountain, we know the story. He lays Isaac down and he's got the word from God. And the moment of conviction, he has to act quick. You've got to understand, the Bible says that he rose up early in the morning. It's after the moment of conviction that you've got to act quickly on what God told you to do. Amen. Takes his son up and lifts up the knife because, like I said, it's one thing to make the decision. It's another thing to follow through. And we know the story. He lifts up the sword and he's about to kill his son. And the angel uh, comes and grabs his hand and there's a ram caught in the thicket. And we understand what that is. But what I'm preaching to you tonight is that there are moments like this in time where God gives you a word, where God speaks directly to your soul and you've got to act quickly on the word that God gave you. It's the disciples who weren't disciples at this point. But they were fishing. They were doing their job. And they were out on the boat. They were casting their nets. And Jesus came bursting into their lives. And Jesus said, follow me. For I'm going to make you fishers of men. And in that moment, Jesus is not going to force them to leave everything that they've ever known and follow after them. But in this moment, they have to make a decision when they receive the word from God. Because oftentimes, the moment fades. And time, hear me today, young people, time separates us from the moment that we were convicted. And after you're separated from the moment of conviction, the enemy digs into his toolbox and he grabs tools that we know very well. The enemy digs in his toolbox and he grabs logic and reason. And what happen is, what happens is 
we begin to reason the call of God away. Because oftentimes the call of God doesn't make sense. And oftentimes when God calls you, it, it, it interrupts everything that, that's happening in your world. And the preacher is preaching and you feel the call of God so strong. And it's the moment of conviction where you know you've got to make a decision. Right now, God is calling me and I've got to make a decision. And it's that moment where you have the most clarity. But when we step away from the Friday night service, when they turn the lights off, when you go home, when you lay down in your bed and you think about what happens that night, the devil brings out that tool of logic that says it's not logical for you to pray like I'm asking you to pray, like he's asking you to pray. It's not reasonable that you would go up to the church and pray. It's not reasonable that you would be a preacher. Nobody else in your family is a preacher. What are you thinking? It's not logical to think that God would lose somebody like you. It's not reasonable to think that what God has told you in that moment can really truly come to pass because you know what your family did or you know what you used to be or you know what your past is. And he starts whispering in your ear. And the word that God gave you, the enemy snatches it away. And he pulls it so far from the moment of conviction that you start to reason and logic everything away. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. God is calling somebody in this church and I don't know if it's a call to preach. It may be a call to prayer. It may be a call to consecration. It may be a call to be a missionary. But in this moment, God is calling somebody and the moment of conviction is here and you, my friend, have to make a decision. And I know it's scary. I know it's, it's, it's difficult because my friends are going to look at me and know what I used to be. And the devil will use your friends. Who do you think you are? Dude, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time pursuing your calling? You're never going to preach. You know what you used to be. You're never going to preach. You know the dysfunction that your family comes from. You're never going to be able to do anything great for God because you know who you are deep down inside. But I'm here to tell you that God cares about you enough to send a preacher from Birmingham, Alabama to bring you to this point one more time. God saying on a Friday night, I'm circling back to the call. You might have missed it in the moment. But here, I'm bringing you back to the moment. It might not be in this service. It might have been five years ago. It might have been at a youth camp. It might have been at a conference. It might have been on a Sunday night when your pastor was just preaching to you. The moment of conviction when it grips you so hard and so strong that you know. You got me, God. I know you're talking to me, God. God, I feel like, you know what I'm talking about? When you feel like you're the only person in the room 
Has anybody been there where you feel like there's no way that this preacher knows where I'm at right now on this level, but he's reading the mail. God has sent him in the moment to help you to, 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 to make a decision in a moment of conviction. You've got to make a decision today. You've got to make a declaration today. You've got to go back to the moment where God was speaking to you and you know that God had your number and you know God knew your name and you know God was calling you to something great. You've got to go back to that moment today and you've got to make a decision. You've got to say yes to the plan of God. You can't go home and think on it for 88 days and pray and fast about it for six years. I love prayer. I love fasting. But in those moments is where you have the most clarity. It's where you can truly see clearly. It's where God has you right where he wants you. I'm not telling you to do anything crazy. You've got to vet everything through your you pastor and your man of God. But there are moments where you know without a shadow of a doubt, God is speaking to me. God is speaking to me. It's the moment of conviction. It's the moment of conviction. It's the moment where you know where you are and you know where God is trying to take you. Because logic and reason can't stand when you get a revelation. Because your revelation always trumps logic and reason. It's not reasonable that I should do this. It's not reasonable that I should answer the call of God on this level. But when you start living this thing out and you get a revelation, you truly get a revelation, you figure out the only reasonable thing that I can do is do what God has called me to do and be what God has called me to be. Stand with me all over this building right now. I got to a point in living for God where I wasn't satisfied just living a mediocre life. Where I wasn't satisfied just coming to church on Sunday night, on Wednesday and on Sunday morning and on Friday youth service. But there came a point in my life in a moment of conviction that I knew that I had to do something of merit. And I wanted to live a life of consequence. And that I wanted to make my mark on the earth. But it didn't happen until I was standing in a moment of conviction. I was up against the ropes. There was no way out. In that moment, I knew exactly what God had called me to do. And I had to make a decision by will and by choice that I'm going to say yes to the call of God, that I'm going to say yes to the will of God, that I'm going to say yes to the plan of God. 
Eyes closed all over this building right now. Hands lifted. If you feel what I'm preaching right now, I want you to lift up your voice. If you want to come to the altar, these altars are open right now. I believe God's going to change somebody tonight. I believe God's going to bring you back to the moment that you thought you missed. But God brings it back on a Friday night at another level youth weekend. And today is the day that you make a decision and that everything changes. I want somebody to lift up your voice as loud as you can get it right now. Cry out to God. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Cry out to him. Say yes to the plan of God. Say yes to the will of God. Say yes. somebody this is not a message of condemnation but this is a message of conviction I still believe that God can convict us and get us back on track with what we were called to do get us back on track with what we were called to be get us back on track with our mission and our purpose come on somebody dig deep today dig deep today God's working on somebody in this house God's shaping somebody's destiny right now God's changing your situation come on lift up your voice right now somebody right now 
the Holy Ghost is bringing the word back to your remembrance right now. God is circling back right now. God wants to use you. God wants to use you in your mess, in your situation, in your circumstance. God still wants to use you. is reaching right now. The Holy Ghost is reaching right now. God's calling you again. God's calling you again. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes to the plan. changing right now. Trajectories are changing right now. God's going to work with you. God's going to use you. God's going to help you. You can be whatever God has called you to be.
on somebody, come on somebody, press on in, press on in, go a little further than you normally go, God's in this house, the Holy Ghost is here right now, don't leave this place until you make a decision. moments like these it's moments just like these where you've got to stay peeing at an apostolic altar until you solidify what you decide in your spirit because what will happen is if you if you rush away from the altar call if you rush away from the moment of conviction then you'll forget what God spoke to you but today is the day that everything changes today is the day that everything changes I want you to lift your voice right now I want you to cry out with a loud voice and let the spirit of God make the decision let the spirit of God help solidify what you told God come on somebody lift up your voice lift up your voice lift up your voice
right now is your moment. Right now is the time for change. Right now is the moment for decision. Come on, you're in the valley of decision, and it's time to make that decision right now while the presence of God is here, while the Holy Ghost is giving you conviction, while the Holy Ghost is giving you direction. There's some things in here that you may not want to do, some things you may not want to commit to, but God's calling you to do it. Right now is the time to make that decision. Why don't you lift your hands all over the room right now and say, God, I surrender all to you. I surrender everything to you. Whatever you want of me, whatever you need of me, whatever you've called me to, I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how difficult it is. I don't care the opposition I may face. God, I'm, 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 I'm coming to you, God. I'm giving you everything. I'm yielding to the call right now. I'm yielding to the call right now. I've made the decision. I've made up my mind. I'm not going back. I don't care how hard I have to fight for it. I'm not going back. I will not go back to my past. I will not go back to my addiction. I will not go back when I'm moving forward. I've made up my mind. I've made a decision. I'm moving ahead. to make the decision the persistence to keep the decision and that from that decision life change will happen yeah that's it that's it pray for your neighbor right now there's power in, in, in multitudes there's power 
when we bind together, there's power and unity. Speak the words of faith. I will not go back. I will move forward. I lose Holy Ghost boldness on you to step out and do what God has called you to do. I lose Holy Ghost fervency on you to be on fire when the world's dead and dry. I lose it in Jesus' name. I lose determination and persistence on you that no matter the opposition, no matter the enemy's attack, no matter what comes against me, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I made a decision. I made up my mind. I will not go back. I'm moving ahead. I'm stepping into a new dimension. I'm taking my I'm taking the stairs to another level right now. I made a decision.
right now. Make a decision that you will back out on. Come on, make a decision right now. Well, God, whatever, whatever God's laid on your heart, you know what it is. I know something God's laid on my heart and I've made a decision about it. How, how many has made a decision tonight? Lift your hands. How many has made a decision tonight? Keep that hand up if you're going to keep that decision. You're going to keep that commitment. Father, I pray upon everybody that's lifted their hands tonight and has made a decision truly from their heart. I pray right now, God, that you would, you would seal that decision in Jesus' name. Seal it in the Holy Ghost. And God, give them the determination and the persistence and the ability, the fervency, the boldness to step out and do it, oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus that nothing would hinder it, that nothing would stop it, that no matter the obstacles that come in front of them, they're going to push the obstacle out of the way. They're going to press until it falls. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. right now press right now one more time right now in this house i feel like some of you are right at the brink i feel like some of you are right at the edge of breakthrough i feel like some of you are right at the edge of what god's trying to do in your life but you gotta press you gotta dig you gotta go to a place in prayer that you've never been before come on somebody on a friday night press deeper than you've ever pressed before go further than you've ever 
gone before. Somebody go ahead, solidify it in your spirit. Reach out to God, cry out to him, lift up your voice. Somebody break it right now. This is the moment right now. This is the moment right now. We don't know if it's going to come back. But today, you've got an opportunity to do what God has called you to do. You've got an opportunity to answer the call right now. Reach out right now. Tell God you'll do it.
on, why don't we lift up their name right now? Come on, praise them. Praise them for everything that's been done in this place. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet all across the room and give him great praise. Give him great glory. Come on, according to the expectation that your life has changed, praise him. Praise him according to that expectation that your life has changed, that your decision is made, that it's no longer going to be the same. Praise him on that level. Praise him on that level right now. Hallelujah. 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 I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. I've made my decision. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I want the Holy Ghost tonight. I want you to fill me with your spirit right now, God. Come on, that's one of the best decisions you can make is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. You need to receive it right now in the name of Jesus.
Tomorrow night. How many is going to come back tomorrow night to be in the presence of the Lord and hear the word of God?